Welcome to the Guardians of the Spectrum podcast. In this episode, we talk about the different school settings that our boys have been a part of and their transition to their new school setting. I hope you enjoy. Deadpool. Have a weird love-hate relationship with that. With uh, with Deadpool yeah. or um, or that song? Both. Oh, okay. Both. Yeah. Why? Because of Ferris Bueller or because of... Well, uh, I love Ferris Bueller, uh-huh. but then they reused it. No, I know be- I know they reused it in Deadpool, but I'm just saying, like, is it... Do you feel like they're dishonoring the memory of Ferris Bueller? No, no. I just... I have a love-hate relationship with Deadpool because... Yeah, because he's so crude. so crude, and that's not my style. But he's Ryan Reynolds, so... Right, and I love him. You know. And... You got the feels for him. <laughs> like every other woman in, on the planet, I'm sure. Um... <laughs> But yes, uh, so school settings. So we moved. We moved. So our setting definitely changed there. Yeah. But, I, I, uh, we did a lot of learning this last year, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because not everything is the same wherever you go. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of scary that I work in education and I didn't know that. So when we moved, our system, mm-hmm. our system that we were in changed. And by system, I mean... We were running things like our IEP system, the way our school... Like, provided supports for our kids. Thank you. You can go to different places, different states, different counties. Yeah. And the way they provide and meet the needs of kids is just different. Yeah, so there's a different setup here uh, in our our new town. And, um, you know, it was was a hard adjustment for us. Very difficult. I... Ooh, not great. (laughs) Yeah, it was... uh, Yeah, because we really loved our... Loved our system and the system that that we had come from. You know, it, it mm-hmm. the school itself had like the district and the school had great scores, mm-hmm. uh, so they were seeing very very good results. Yeah. Um, and uh, our our district and school is not seen as well. Different, but, it, and they, but it's a hard fact though. It's it's a rank, real hard fact. They rank differently um, than the school no, that we left. Like it was, it's a different system now. I do like the other system better than the one we're in right now, um, mostly because I feel like there's a little less support for our kids right now uh, than in our old district. Not to say that yeah. this feeling is an accurate reflection of how they support their families, because yes, I just think the key word here is it's not better or worse. It's just it's different. Yeah, and to us, it feels not great. Yeah. But and, and honestly, some of that, <clears throat> excuse me, some of that stuff is kind of fresh on the mind too because we just did IEPs. We're so, in the middle of IEPs. <laughs> and they're in the middle of IEPs. <laughs> so um, you know, we're going through, uh, we're we're going through observing where mm-hmm. we need to improve our support. Yeah. And that's that's tough. What we mean by IEP season is that like we're going through reevaluating what our kids need and how they're going to get it. And so an IEP is yeah. just basically a and these are the big ones, right? These, these are uh, annual. Our, our oldest hits his triennial. Yeah. Yeah, our oldest. Um, and so he he's being assessed in every category. That only happens every three years. Yeah. Um, and that's the same. So there are some things that regardless of school district, regardless of county, that has to stay the same, right? So like yeah. they're reviewed once a year. And then they're updated every three years um, to just see where they are developmentally. Um, And then the way that the services are carried out can look different. So at the school we were at prior to, they had several different 
you know, what they call special day classes. They're smaller, they're specialized based on disability. We were very, very privileged to be part of a RAP program, which is Regional Autism Program. So those teachers were trained and supported by people who know how to support kids on the spectrum. Yeah. So, like, not every um, district and county has that. So we were very privileged. Yeah. Now we're going into this one, which is more generalized. Yeah. It's not just for kids with autism. Yeah, and we have a... So over there, we also had a, a SELPA person. They, SELPA we have people here, too. Yeah. No, I know, but we haven't really been as in contact with this one True. as we were um, in comparison to where we were, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also don't know the relationship that SELPA has with school district, right. like how involved how, like SELPA is. You know, I'm in... Yeah, and like how we're, intertwined we're they are. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm just like it. unsure. I'm unsure, like as to how, like how involved they are. I'd like to know though. Yeah, you know, I'd like to know, mm-hmm. and I would like to actually like get in touch with the Selpa rep. I haven't looked into the into yeah. that, but it doesn't feel as uh, as like in person active as well. We've experienced I just we don't have a so. physical person to yeah, connect to Selpa. That's here. what I mean by that. Like we did at the other district. And our but, aides were actually mm-hmm. Selpa aides, right? Weren't they? They were trained, yeah. They were trained, but mm-hmm. they were ran by the SELPA program. I don't know right. if our aides are over here in I this school. District. I think the difference is mm-hmm. there, that here, there with the district, yeah. Yep, I think so. so um, yeah, so yeah. support, like, I think the whole point that with It's this, different. It's different. Yes. And then the ramble is really, <laughs> like, we're still learning. We've been here for six months now, and we're still trying to figure things out. But I've this week, actually, I was talking to the like the parent liaison in our district and she was giving me a lot of information about SELPA, about um like, of course. Well yeah, but but again I still don't know exactly how they support yeah. the school specifically. Yeah. So um we were talking about SELPA, we yeah. were talking about um uh, the different, the par- you said the parent liaison? Yeah, yeah. parent yeah, the parent liaison she not at the site itself but through the district. Okay. And so then she's also telling me that there's, like, consortiums that we can join, committees we can join yeah. through the county that we're in. So I'm like, I really love all of that. Yeah. Um, so I think we're still learning about all of the <clears throat> the different offerings. Um, and it's yet something we really noticed was the way that they structure their school yeah. and how they support kids. So our kids are, are I think we've mentioned before, like, fully included with other students who learn differently than they do. Yes. Um, so they're general education peers. And then they're supported by something called a learning center. Yes. Which is different. That's a different system than mm-hmm. they have. And, you know, um, that was a hard one for me at first. But, you know, uh, it's it's grown on me. I don't know. I uh, I do like the learning center teacher, the staff. You mm-hmm. know, the staff, is, the staff yeah. seems And I think the really heart great. of it is really great, too, because... Yeah. It's teaching kids to advocate for themselves. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. like, I never in a million years would have thought my kid would be like, I actually need to go to the learning center because I need help with writing. Yeah, that's one thing that I definitely enjoy about it that that whole empowering the kid to or child to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's and, one thing that we are trying to teach our boys. We want our boys to be able to do that, of course, to advocate for the things that they need, all the help that they need. Yeah, agreed. It's really neat, and it's definitely something that they work up towards. It doesn't happen right away. We have one, one of our kids is still in a special day class, so they're fully supported by multiple adults with, and surrounded by other kids that have special needs, and so that's his setting, and that's what's best for him. And then we have our other two who have, like, 
aides that pop in um, and support them. So these are teachers that are extra support. And then the learning center, which is different from a fully included um, autism program where at our last place it was all kids with autism depending on their level and their ability. Yeah. And then they had a specific teacher. And they weren't fully integrated. They would what's called push in or integrate a couple of hours a day. Yeah. So it's another model. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's all about just getting support for the kids. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, a, their yeah. support there. So For sure. And, and as a parent, knowing what questions to ask, right? So if yeah. you're coming into a new school and your child does have a disability and special needs, then saying, like, what type of model do you have? Is it inclusive, right? Are all kids learning together and adults are, are supporting them? Or is it special day class model where you have kids with special needs where that they're what they call a least restrictive environment is separated and in a smaller classroom while others are then pushing in or being kind of doing part of their day in a general education classroom. So asking what type of settings they have is, is really important, especially as you get into the higher grades. Yeah. yeah, in middle school and high school. Another different setting, there we go, that we can talk about is uh, the one-on-one or one-to-one, the aid to yeah. child in a uh, in the classroom yeah, setting. which I think is really important to ask about because, A, if you get it, hold on to it. It's oh, really yeah. hard to get. And second, if you do have it, being really clear of what that looks like because... What we've seen with our boys is that they are extremely quick to learn content and they love learning, but it's the social and the like communal responsibilities of when you're in a classroom that's really difficult for them. Yeah. And so the one-on-one would help with the behavior side of it versus the actual learning. And so you want to make it clear, like, if your student is is at grade level, the the aid should not be helping with the work. That should be helping with the environment. Yeah, they're helping with the facilitating of like yes. what's going on because, yes. yeah, it's uh, at least for just to give an example of what uh, one of the struggles that our one of our boys has mm-hmm. is um he has tro- he has one of our boys has trouble with like cutting and doing and you know writing. So they so, call they, it's under occupational therapy. Yes. So like occupational. And, st- skills of like cutting tearing yeah, art screen so one thing i noticed with one of the boys um during the pandemic uh is that he has trouble cutting we had come up with a strategy with another child because he has a similar he has a similar struggle uh to cut the uh cut the paper before they start their own cut mm-hmm. you know like pre-cut the paper yep. and that's something like a will do in a situation uh, like for the class, like they would help with those kind of things because sometimes occupational therapy is needed for the for for kids with special needs. Yeah, and or so in general, yeah. the the aid, right? The one to one is there to support with behavior, to support the teacher, right? Because yes. there's 30 kids in that classroom. Yes. So you know, yes, and that so, is like an extra extra mm-hmm. hand there in those uh, in those cool, moments. Yeah. And the cool thing about a behavioral aid, like some um, parents I've talked to, myself included, I felt like my kid would be singled out because they had an aid. But really, that professional comes in and they help everybody. It's not just yes. your kid, but their primary objective is to make sure that your kid is supported. Yes. So, for example, a few years back, one of our boys was. Um, 
I think it was like right before the pandemic, started yeah. to push in to a general education kindergarten and had a an aide with him and he got overstimulated and something didn't go according to his plan and he he began to have a meltdown. And so the aide was able to support him and move him out of the classroom yeah. because that's a part of the process too is like our kids our boys specifically process the world differently and it could be looked at by other kids in a negative way. So if there isn't an adult in the room to help them re-acclimate and like center themselves, it could be very destructive to social relationships. It could yeah. be destructive to the classroom environment. So the aid is very, very important. But I, I think one thing I wish I would have known before... I went into education is that it's really the age supports everyone so that your kid doesn't feel singled out. Yeah, they definitely, you know, they, they help in just making sure things run smoothly. Exactly. Another option that we're recently, we don't have a ton of information on this yet. But we thought about going into this we world. We have. And so we're still learning and we're meeting people in our community that are doing this. But homeschool is an option. Yes. That is, is another setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't never fear. <laughs> you don't have to give all the services to your student um, or to your child. Um, because you found out, right? That right? Yeah, I found out through a, a friend of mine that you know through homeschooling, you can connect with the district and they'll provide you with the same resources. So if that's a choice your family makes, yeah, you can still get the services for your kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's another setting. Yeah. So so far we've talked about like a learning center center model, right? Where you know. The kiddo can step out and go to the center on their own. We've talked about special day classes where it's like students with similar abilities are in one space. Yeah. What else did we mention? The one-on-one. One-on-one, Which yeah. is great. And that could be Home both partnered. Right yeah, the homeschool. Um, and then another thing you'll start to notice as kids get older, so like in middle and high school, is something called a resource um, room model. I don't know if that's the fancy term. Is that like the fancier learning center? <laughs> it, it's similar. <laughs> so like in middle school, you know how you have multiple classes? Yeah. Um, a resource model is similar to learning center, but it's an actual class that oh, they cool. have in terms of like their regular schedule when it's a fully included school. Yeah. Um, up in the upper grades, they still have the special day classes for students who just aren't quite ready for a full classroom setting yet um, or if ever. But they do have more options as they get older. So it's like it's an extra class to have extra time to work with your, you know, your um, education specialist for your student. Um, So that's just another model as they get older. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, just for resources. I mean, I I know this is not like a, a setting, but there. I mean, maybe it is. Who knows? But uh, in like the college world, we had like yes, you know, we had like um, God, I, f- I forgot what it was called, but the it student was student services. Yeah, student services mm-hmm. center. Yeah, and there, there, I my own assessments done there. I got tutoring there. Yep. I took tests there. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a bunch of different things that went on. Um, there they have a counselor there. Uh, for helping with um, with you know transfers or graduation or you know anything like that, um, yeah. picking classes. Yeah. So it's and that's why it's so important if you feel like your your kiddo needs help and they're not meeting the mark, even if it's just in reading or writing, or you think they might be dyslexic or. They're having a hard time seeking attention. Or if you're going to college and you feel like you need yes, that too. that too. I did. And I didn't ask for it. Somebody actually came in and said to me, like, have you gone to go get assessed? 
I was like, no, I have not. Yeah, you, and you then, didn't find out till you were an adult. Yeah, literally. So, and it's not, you know, so I have like a processing delay. Yeah, for those multiple listening. Multiple processing also delays, actually. ADHD. Yes, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> as, you, as you listen, I'm sure people have figured that one out. <laughs> but, yeah, so as an adult, but yeah. my, with getting it done earlier for your kid, it'll be easier when they transition from high school to college. Yeah. So, like, there are meetings that are held in most places to take the learning plan that's happening in a high school, which is a public education um, system, and how it's going to translate supports and services to college. Um, Some kids, you know, go through community college first, and that's fine, and they do have them in university level as well. So it carries, it goes with them all through schooling and and beyond. So if they need it. Which is totally. really cool. There's another model we didn't talk about oh. um, well, that yeah. one a family member of ours is currently kind of um, going through. So she like oh. wasn't in school because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. her anxiety and her and her autism and some disabilities that she's facing, and so she couldn't physically go to school. It was really difficult for her. And so another setting that does does exist is a fully different type of school within a school. So this this uh, person goes to school in a more flexible way in a smaller classroom setting with kids her age because mm-hmm. she's brilliant like the, this she is super super smart but it's her disability keeps it her from being able to engage in school in like a traditional way so yeah. she has the flexibility to go in person or to learn online and it has a teacher and a professor that keeps her you know going it's high school um, but the focus really is about getting what she needs to make sure she's learning, but it's not forcing her into a box. So essentially it's like a class of 11. It's for a very small population of kids that go to the school that qualify and attendance is flexible, traditional, like they still have to meet, like it's not a modified curriculum. They still have to meet standards and, and, and credits for graduating, but it's a less, like stressful multiple classroom high school experience it's one teacher Mm -hmm. um so that's another model it's kind of like a special day class but a little more targeted for students who are very intelligent academically advanced yeah so it's another setting there's very there's a lot i'm sure there's more we don't know about i'm like wow (laughs) if you have any any settings that we didn't list any settings that Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about Feel free to add it in our community page or on one of our posts. On Instagram, Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yes, we'd love to chat and we'd love to hear something that we missed. Yeah. So maybe in future episodes we will, not maybe, but in future episodes. We'll connect back to we it. Will, we will throw it out there. Yeah, because we truly believe we're a community of learning. So there's going to be yeah. stuff on here that we haven't experienced yet, especially because yes. there's some things that are state specific. Yeah. Right? So we can't know what's going on in Texas. We don't live in Texas. Yeah. Um, so if you have a different model, definitely share it out with us. Curious to know, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find more info about autism, links to all our social media accounts, as well as more of our podcasts at theguardiansofthespectrum.org. We'll see you next time.